see all the ways Tough stings. 
Sometimes you gotta shout them out. <laughs> have you have you are old enough to remember the shout commercials, right? Yeah. Y'all are old enough to yes. remember the shout commercials on television for those tough stages, right? Yeah. You gotta shout them. Alright, so the same is true in life. Alright? And so we can shout them to God with a voice of triumph and shout them to God with a voice of praise. Praise the Lord. Uh, I want you to go ahead, if you have your Bibles or your devices, <laughs> all right, open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. So I, I, I expect tonight that, uh, now this is a three-hour service, is that right? Yes. <laughs> this was checking. Uh, we, got, we got all night, really. I mean, I mean, there's nothing else really better to do, right? Y'all in agreement? I did. Uh, so I, I may start out tonight uh, and just midway through kind of make a right turn. All right? Preachers are known for that sometimes, but I, I promise you I won't go into tangents. Okay? But I will be make a right turn. So I believe that God wants to do some things and touch some people tonight. Um, but I want to start here in Ephesians chapter 4. And, that, and before we get into it, I just want to share a couple things. Um, uh, in the last, I've been traveling, I've been ministering for a number of years now, and, uh, uh, going on really about 60 nations that we have ministered in, and uh, so for a while uh, I was in Europe, then I was in India, and Africa, uh, then in Central America, we've seen great moves of God, great revivals, we've seen cities shaken, we've seen nations literally shaken with the power of God, and so um so, so, you know, so, but in the last five years, uh, the Lord really changed our assignment, changed our direction, my wife and I. And so now, now we're ministering to Muslims in the Middle East, okay? Uh, and I'll tell you that five years ago, this was not on my radar screen. You ever have God show up and God do something that you didn't expect? You ever have God give you a new assignment? Right? Or God, or you find yourself in a place that you never thought you'd ever be before. Okay, so that so you can understand that's that's kind of where we're in. But I tell you, what, when God opened this door, He opened it in a big way. And so we've we've seen Muslims, thousands of Muslims come to know Jesus. Uh, there's such a global awakening right now. Muslims are open. Muslims are hungry. Even Muslim leaders are coming to Jesus Christ. Dozens of members of the royal Saudi family have come to know Jesus Christ. King Abdullah of Jordan has come to know Jesus Christ. The President Sisi of Egypt has come to know Jesus Christ. Okay, and the list goes on. I've actually sat down with sheiks of other Muslim countries that have come to know Jesus Christ. All right, and so I want I want to I just want to say that to you because uh, I want you to know that we we're in a totally new season. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. But we're in the body of Christ, in the in on God's timetable, God's timetable. We are in a completely brand new season. And if if we are, then guess what? You are. All right. And so, uh, so I want to share some things about this new season, okay? Uh, and kind of hit it that way, and then share some other things that God will. Uh, will put on my heart, and so, uh, so just, just, just think about this tonight. Um, where you have been up until now, almost is irrelevant. Irrelevant. 
to where you're getting ready to be. So many of us have been in church for years. Many of us have seen some good things. How many of y'all seen some good things? Many of us have experienced some different moves of the Spirit. Many of us have seen healings or experienced healings. But, but even with all that, what we have seen up until now is nothing compared to what we're about to see. Because God has new moves of the Spirit that has never, the earth has never seen before. God has new miracles in store, right, that, that man has never experienced before, okay? So, so there are new things that are on the way, right? And so uh, also uh, from a, uh, another perspective, um, you know, I, I've been able to, uh, the Lord has opened doors to, to have me in some big government meetings to know what's happening other countries as well as what's happening in our nation. And, and I'm, I'm here to tell you that uh, America is being reborn. America is being reborn. America is under an extreme makeover. Okay. And, and so our president uh, has, has made an executive order that the United States, part of our foreign policy is to spread the gospel. Think about that. Our foreign policy is we're going to spread the gospel. So if you want to deal with the United States, you're going to have to open up your doors for Christianity. So now we're seeing all these alliances with Israel and UAE and Bahrain, and, and we're going to begin to see more uh, more nations do business, more nations begin to open up, particularly Muslim countries and, and countries. And, and so it's going to bring about a tremendous awakening, a tremendous revival around the world. Now, I don't know, does that, does that kind of excite you? Maybe just a little bit? All right. How many of you like to see America reborn? How many of you like to see an extreme makeover? Okay. How many of you believe that we, we you know what, we, we, we need some new House of Representatives that have God's heart. We, we need some new senators, right? You know, that, that are not corrupt, not greedy. Come on now. That are honest. That are full of integrity, that have God's ear, God's heart, God's agenda. How many? How many? How would you like to see our universities just completely got it? You know, in a, in a good way, right? Where the, the, there's a move of the spirit, like like in the in the early days with these universities, that uh, they they were literally to train people uh, in Bible school to go around the world. I would like to see some of these things begin to happen, right? right? So so I'm saying to you, get ready because. There are plans. There are in the making. There's agendas in the making. All right. God had the streets that we see today will not be the streets that we see tomorrow. Praise God. So I'm reminded of Jeremiah where God said to Jeremiah, okay, I've called you to, to pluck up, to uproot, but then to build and plant. And so I look at America, I look at what's happening on the news, and I said, yeah, there's a lot of uprooting. In, in, in our streets, in our cities, there's a lot of plucking up. You know, if, if you're if you've ever planted a garden or ever uh, farmed, you, you know you, you got to get in there and pull those weeds, get those, and then then all of a sudden you discover there's more roots, there's more more mess. You know that you have to pull up, and so we're seeing some things pulled up, seeing some things exposed, seeing some things come to the light. But guess what? There's also a time to build again, plant again. And so America, 
today will not be the same America in 10 years. Can we big, give a big shout out tonight? Come on, just thank the Lord. Just thank the Lord tonight for he, that he's working. Praise the Lord. Well, that was just an info commercial, I guess. <laughs> but I want, see, that should, that should get you excited, okay? That should get us excited because for so long we've been, many of us in the body of Christ, we've been watching things and watching things and watching things and we're like, what? When is there going to be justice? When is there going to be change? When are we going to begin to see these things? Well, I just will tell you, I don't know when, but I know that we will. I know that we will. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. God has great things in store for our nation. God has great things in store for each one of you. All right, y'all ready to go home now? All right, look with me here in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Let me get my place there. Everybody say great things. Great things. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Paul writes, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called, with all lowliness, gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. For there is one body, one Spirit, just as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Let me read to you the message translation. The message translation says this, in light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run. On the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. In Mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alerting at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. So, as we look at this scripture tonight, we see that what Paul was saying is he's saying, Church, I want you to walk worthy of the calling. <laughs> Of the calling, okay. So tonight, I just want to touch on some things, and you could say that the, this message would be called aligning yourself with the call. Aligning yourself with the call, okay. Right? When we look at different scriptures, there's First Corinthians one twenty six. Paul says, "For consider your calling." Second Peter one ten. Peter says, "Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent." To make your calling an election sure. So notice that between Paul and Peter, he's talking about the calling. The calling. Somebody said the calling. The calling. Now, what is the calling? All right. Well, number one, we could say we're called to a relationship with Jesus. We're called to a fellowship with Jesus. I, I don't know how you guys you know handled the, all the months with the lockdown. All right. I'm so glad that come to a church where we can actually sit next to each other, hug each other, 
But you know, um, but I know this uh, that uh, and during this whole lockdown, when 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 people were you know in their homes and, and people couldn't go out or people stayed in, uh, one of the things the Lord really impressed upon me, He said, Brian, He says, I don't want you to come out of this the same way. Because if you haven't made any changes, right, then guess what? You have missed my plan and my purpose. All right? And so some of you might have noticed, okay, that some of those idols out there have fallen. And maybe God's voice became a little bit louder. Maybe, maybe we needed a time out. Have you all sense that God was calling you to a deeper place, to a higher place in Him, right? Because that's part of our calling, all right? To, to seek first the kingdom, all right? To, to spend time with the Lord, to spend time in fellowship, spend time, you know, developing our relationship with God. So we never want to get to the point where we're, we just feel like we've arrived, right? We want to keep pursuing. We want to keep being hungry. We want to keep on praying. We want to keep on you know, reading the Bible. We want to keep on you know, asking God for more. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? Now, now, is there anybody in the room tonight that you feel like you, you're just for the, you're, you feel like you're just supposed to be on the shelf for the rest of your life? Anybody? Anybody feel like you're just supposed to be on the shelf for the rest of your life? Or do you feel like there's a lot more? That God has for you. Everybody see a lot more, right? How many of y'all feel that you're just getting started? I feel like I'm just getting started, brother. Okay. But I know what, what's ahead is going to be way more than I have, can, can even imagine. How many of y'all believe that? There's a lot more for you to do for the kingdom. Amen? All right. Well, the second thing that we're really called to do is we're called to sanctification, right? We're to be different from the world. We're to come out from the world. All right, we're, the Bible says to be transformed by renewing our minds. All right, so we have to take on Christ. We have to be like Christ, walk like Christ, talk like Christ. You know, act like Christ. What would Jesus do? Right? You know, and, and so that would be a second way or second thing that we're called to do. All right, the third, the third one is this: we're called to a certain purpose. Each one of us has a given assignment. Each one of us has a divine purpose. Right? And so uh, so I want to touch on this for just a few minutes because, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, I'm going to get into healing in just a minute. But, uh, but I'll tell you, I, uh, several years ago, now we have started a lot of healing schools, and uh, I started doing experiments and kind of between me and the Lord, you know. And we, we were doing a we had a healing school uh, at a certain church. It's a large church. And so we had an average of about 125 people coming every Tuesday morning. And we actually had people being bussed in from the state home. The Virginia state home was like, uh, the people there were kind of left there as invalids and, and the state, you know, had, was, was uh, looking looking out for them and uh, taking care of them, right? And so we called the state home right, with all the cripples. All the people in wheelchairs, all right? And we said, hey, uh, we got a healing school. They said, well, when is it? Well, it's Tuesday morning, all right, 10 o'clock in the morning. And at this 
church, and they said, okay, so is it every week? I said, yeah. And said, okay, well, we'll send the whole class out. So they got a bus of about 20, 25 people. Every single week, those, those people started coming out. They started hearing the word of healing, all right? Okay? And, and we had dozens of wheelchairs, people, you know, propped up people, invalids, people that, you know, had cerebral palsy, different, different illnesses and stuff. But they came to hear. They came to hear the word of God. Amen? Yeah. Right? And, and so they started getting encouraged, okay? And so... Um, so, I, so, so, so the Lord began to just kind of deal with me about some things, and He said, um, He started. He said, "I want you to go to each person who's 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 paralyzed, and, and, and I want you to give them an assignment. I want you to ask them a few questions." I said, "Okay." So He said, uh, "Ask him, ask them what their purpose is. Ask them if they could do anything that they wanted to do." What would that be? So I started asking. All right, I'll never forget this one lady. She's been in a wheelchair. She was in a car accident. She was paralyzed. All right, and so she said, uh, "Well, um, I said, you know, what do you think your purpose is?" She said, "I know what it is. Okay, I see myself teaching a Bible study, and I see myself teaching on healing." However, you know, I don't see how that's possible because I'm in, I'm in a chair. I'm paralyzed. All right? So I said, okay. Well, I asked this other lady. I said, you know, uh, what would you do if you, if anything you could do? What would you? She said, you know what? I would, I would dance. I said, you mean like, oh, yeah, but even better. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't so great, was it? She goes, no, 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 I mean like ballroom dancing and this and that. And, you know, I'm like, you mean like on television? Like, you know, the. And so, uh, so I said, okay, all right. So, so you see yourself dancing, but, but, but yet you're bound in this chair. You're bound in this condition, right? Okay. So, so I said, said and this is through the Lord. The Lord said, if you will press into your purpose, the anointing, the power of God will come upon you, and you will be healed. Purpose in power. Purpose in power. What's that? Purpose in power. And so, so see, sometimes when we think about healing, we think that healing is always spelled H-E-A-L-I-N-G. But sometimes healing is spelled O-B-E-Y. Sometimes it's spelled V-I-S-I-O-N. Sometimes it's spelled F-O-R-G-I-V-E. Right? Because there are matters of the heart, okay? There are matters of obedience, okay? In fact, I'm, I'm at an interesting missionary um, a couple weeks ago, and uh, he's in late 70s, and he talked about how he and his wife were on the mission field in South Africa. And he actually was being paid by the CIA. I said, what? Like, yeah, you, I was being paid by the CIA, but my wife didn't know it. We were... Oh, 
almost 50 years on the mission field. I said, how does that happen? My wife knows everything. I kind of chuckled, you know, I'm like, I can't, I couldn't get away with something like that, you know, all right, and, and have money rolling in and my wife not be, because she's the accountant, right, she's the one that looks over the books and pays the bills and all that, I said, how is that, I mean, I'm really, I'm, I'm really curious, okay, he said, yeah, I was on the CIA payroll, right, so I don't have time to go into his life, it was very, very interesting, but he said, one thing that happened three years ago, he said, uh, I became very, very sick, very, very ill, okay, and, and uh, I went to doctor after doctor after doctor, and I was, I was dying. I was literally dying. There's nothing that medical science could do for me. He said I was in a service, and our family, a whole family happened to, to come, our, our kids and grandkids, we were coming to that one service, and there was a guest minister. And he was preaching and everything. And he looked over on wherever he was sitting, on this, this side of the room, and he said, he said, yeah, if, you, if you'll quit keeping your life a secret, then you'll be healed. And he said, that was for me. He said, we left the church that day and got in the car. And I said, to him, I said honey, I got something I need to tell you. <laughs> you remember how we were missionaries in South Africa? Well... I have a secret that I, I've never told you before that I need to. And he said, uh, yeah, I was I was also working for the CAA. I was being paid by the CAA. She turned and she said, I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> Within two weeks, all of his symptoms left. And he's been healed ever since. Hallelujah. See, sometimes we don't think that these things connect, right? All right? But, but I can tell you that all of these things, you know, have to do with your walk with God, your relationship with God, your, your, your health, right? All right? What God's able to do in your life, okay? And so, um, so here, here Paul is talking about the calling. All right, consider it. You know, be diligent to find it out. All right, you know, uh, walk worthy of the calling. Okay, all night long. In fact, in Ephesians, he one of the Ephesians prayers that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know what the hope of your calling. Okay, all right. And so, so now, now we're we're all sitting here tonight, and we're going, okay, it's a new season. So what's, what's in it during this season? What's my calling during this season? Okay. But before we go there, go with me to 1 uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 2. Y'all okay tonight? Yep. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, believe it or not, the Apostle Paul was confused. He was confused about this call. Alright, so I say if he was confused, guess what? It's, it's no, no surprise that I might be confused as well. Okay? And so uh, when the Apostle Paul, we know that he had this tremendous conversion on the road of Damascus. Alright? Some 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 maybe in this room you've had that 
okay? All right, and so uh, she, she was in college. She had dyed her hair many colors. She had a motorcycle. I can't imagine this actually, so. All right, but she was seeking. She, was, she didn't know what, she just was seeking for truth. She was seeking for, the, you know, for someone to tell her. And so, uh, so she had this motorcycle. She was walking it across a, a crosswalk, okay? And a car ran a red light and hit her leg and flipped the motorcycle up in the air and the motorcycle shattered, okay? And at that moment, she looked up and she said, God, if you're, if, if you're even real, then I, I, I wanna know you. I, I want you to have somebody come and tell me about who you are. And within two weeks later, uh, an elderly woman came up to her and so to mention her and telling her all about Jesus. So the Saul had this what conversion, this major conversion on that road to Damascus, right? And so, um, so when he started out in ministry, he thought because he was Jewish that he was supposed to go to all to minister to the Jews. So we read in the book of Acts how he went to each city, and what was the first thing he did? He went to the synagogue. He went to another city. He went to the synagogue. Right? And, and what began to happen is the Jews, they rejected him. The Jews kept throwing him out of town. They kept, they stoned him. They left him for dead, okay? So Paul's, Paul's just wondering around trying to figure out what's going on. Well, if you look at Acts chapter 17, you'll see that he comes down to Athens, all right? And all of a sudden, people, he finds himself in this corner of the city. It's called the Philosopher's Corner. And he's talking to these people, and uh, they say, what does this bad one have to say? He realizes, wait a minute, somebody actually wants to hear what he has to say. You ever felt like that before? No one wanted to hear what you had to say? Okay. But then all of a sudden you, you find someone, oh, they actually want to hear what I have to say. All right. And, and then they, they go, okay, he's really, we've never heard of this doctrine before. We've never heard of this. So, hey, let's take you over here. Eric Higgins, which was like the Ivy League, right? Intellectuals, okay? And let's just see. And so they, they actually liked what Paul had to say. And like, we want to hear more about this matter. We, we actually want to know more, okay? And so Paul all of a sudden started to figure out, wait a minute. There's actually a, 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 a purpose. There's actually a plan for me, all right? And then he comes down to Corinth, all right? And so let's pick up the story of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, all right? And so... Um, so in Corinth, everything comes together. Right? I'm trying to get my iPad with us. Come on, wake up. Alright. First Corinthians chapter two. Paul says this. Now it says, I rather when I came to you did not come. With excellence of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Verse 4 says, Now it says, And my speech, my preaching, were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in what? Demonstration. Demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. So all of a sudden, something remarkable happens when Paul shows up in Corinth. All of a sudden, there's a demonstration. All of a sudden, there's a display of the Holy Spirit, a display of the power of God. 
we all been in a place where you've seen a display, a demonstration of the Spirit? Come on now. How many have been in a place where you've seen the power of God manifest, the power of God show up, all right, uh, in, in services or in meetings? And, and, and uh, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've been to really good meetings, right? Have you gotten drunk on the Holy Ghost? Have you seen people fall out of the power? Have you seen people get instantly healed and touched and, and all these different things, okay? So so Paul had kept figuring out what where am I supposed to be? And then when he shows up in Corinth, everything begins to come together. And I want to encourage all of you tonight here that during this season, when you find your place, go be a grace. A supernatural grace. And your gifts and his gifts will begin to flow. There'll be a manifestation. There'll be a demonstration all right, of the spirit and, and power. I'm telling you the truth. Okay. We're going back to the lady who was in the wheelchair. I said, well, there's nothing stopping you. If, if you if you if you have it in your heart to go teach a Bible study. Go teach a Bible study. So you know what she did? She went back to the state home. She started going to Bible studies. And, and you know what began to happen? She began to get feeling in her feet. She began to get feeling in her legs. Okay? Over, over several weeks, she started, she said, wow, there's something that's happened. Something that's really happening in my body. And, and you know, within six months, she, her paralysis had left, and she was completely and totally healed. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Hallelujah. See, what we're saying is when you press into your purpose, then the power, the power, the power of God, the anointing of God will come upon you to accomplish not only the purpose, but also, come on, to fix everything that needs to be fixed. I mean, I'll need a few things that might need to be fixed right now, right? And so, so see, we're, see, we're this new season that we're coming in. Uh, there's going to be restoration. Thank you, Jesus. Because if God calls you to do something, He'll also equip you. Amen. And He'll heal you. Thank you, Lord. And He'll restore you. And He'll fix everything that needs to be fixed. Thank you, Lord. So that you can do exactly what He wants you to do. In this season and in this hour. Can you say amen? amen. Let's give a big shout out to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, I was uh, I was in a city several years ago and uh, we were doing a healing training on a Saturday morning. We were training the church on how to minister to the sick. You know, just like we were singing tonight, that our hands, our hands are Jesus' hands. How many of y'all believe that tonight? That the power of God, we're actually carriers, carriers of the anointed, carriers of the literally presence, the power of God. That, that our hands are Jesus' hands, all right? And, and so I was doing this healing training, and we were seeing all kinds of miracles. People come out of wheelchairs, people he, he healed of cerebral palsy. I mean, it was it was amazing. So we finished this, uh, this training on a Saturday morning. We finished at about 2.30. And so the pastor said to me, uh, listen, I have, I have a a favor to ask you, you know, would you come pray for, for the pastor? I was like, you? He said, no, I'm just the assistant pastor. Mm -hmm. What do you mean 
who's the pastor? I thought you were the pastor. He said, no, my dad's the pastor. But he had a stroke 10 years ago. And he's in bed ever since. And, and he, he won't move. He won't eat. He won't do anything. He's just completely given up on life. I said, okay, let's go. So we went to the to the, you know, the pastor, his father, went to, we went to the house, okay, and we went into to the to the bedroom there, and, and sure enough, the, the, he's just stiff as a board, he's just staring at the wall. And so I introduced myself, I began to share my testimony, and he was just dead inside. Have you ever met someone that was just dead inside? Because when you had an affliction, when you had a disease for many, many years, guess what? You start losing hope. All right? You start losing vision. You know what I'm saying? All right? You, you start losing your purpose. And so you're, you're, he's just motionless. He won't even look at me. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to encourage him. I'm trying to tell him, hey, nothing is impossible with God. All right? God can heal you. God can do all those new things in you. And he just was like. So I walked out of the room. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to get mad. Righteous indignation. So I walked back in there. I said, okay, just have it your way. Just go ahead and die. I didn't know if I was going to slap. Very rarely have I done something like that. I said, okay, yeah, you just want to lay there. Everyone else has been praying for you for 10 years, and you're just going to let them just keep praying, and you won't even do anything. You won't even say anything. You won't even eat what your wife fixes for you every day. So you're just going to just let yourself just die, aren't you? Why? Because you're already dead inside. Oh, like, I mean, if you know me, it's like, this is not me talking, right? <laughs> Finally, I saw him do this. He just turned his head to me. Oh, Harvest. And I got right to his face, and I said, I pointed my finger, okay, which we're not supposed to do, right? And I said, you, you're a man of God. I am talking to the man of God in you. And I said to him, have you ever seen the power of God? And he's like, have you ever laid hands on people and seen God heal people? You remember those days? Have you seen a few miracles or a lot of miracles? A lot. So you know what I'm talking about. So if you could, I bet you'd want to get out there again. And, I, I, and you want to see the power of God manifest. You want to see 
people's bodies, come on now, come to life again. People's bodies get healed. Uh, you, you like to see moves of the Spirit. And he then he said, yes, I do. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, we're starting to move the show. All right. And I said, so, so you remember. Amen. Amen. 
see, when Paul found his place, there was grace and there was his. All right? Go in your Bible to, uh, um, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Is this okay? Can I keep going a little bit longer? Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Can anything good come out of Ecclesiastes? <laughs> that was a joke. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse number 8. He writes,
yourself at times where you're just going through the motions. And you start to lose your way. Start to lose your purpose. Start to lose the vision that's ahead. Right? So you just start to survive. Okay. Where's the Bible say without a vision, people perish? Right? So if there's anything that we need in this season, we need a new vision. We need a new purpose. We, we need an, an understanding of, of what our assignment is. Okay? All right? And, and so it's really easy. The older that you get, you're just, you know, what, what, what was that one movie with them? Forrest Gump, yeah, where he kept running. <laughs> and he kept running, you know, and he kept getting, he got a beard, and it was a long beard. He kept running for years because someone just told him to run or, or whatever. So he just kept running, and he goes, I don't know, I just, you know. That's sometimes the way we get, we get, we get on the, the, the mouse wheel, right? We just, we just keep running, okay? We just keep doing what we have always have done, and we don't think differently. And God said, wait, 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 we're in a new season. That means there's a new assignment for me. So out with the old, out with the past, guess what? Begin to step into the brand, brand new. Some of y'all might need to get your passports. Some of y'all might need to get yourself more physically fit, ready, all right? Y'all might need to do some pruning, some, some, some things. You might need to take a class, right? Uh, because, see, there's a reshuffling right now. There's a repositioning in the body of Christ. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, we have friends of ours who, their daughter, uh, they got a, she got a call from the White House. They said, yeah, can you come work at the White House? She's like, work at the White House? Like, where, how did you get my name? Oh, well, President Trump, he said to, to, he wants spirit-filled Christians in the White House. Hallelujah. So call Liberty University and find the best students that they have. So we called there and your name came to the top. So we want you to come work in the White House. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That wasn't on her radar screen. Right? I have a friend of mine. His name is Brian Wells. Alright? He's an African American and he... Uh, We've been friends for years. And I would be in a minister's conference with him. He would get called out. Hey, brother, come up here. Um, I see you running for political office. You ever thought about that? I've watched it for 18 years. Hey, brother, I have a word for you. I see you running for political office. Years go by. Hey, brother, there's something about you. Could you come up here? I have a word for you. I see you running for political office. He tried to get into politics. He tried to, you know, uh, get started. It seemed like the door was shut. Okay. And um, so in the last couple months, we talked. We got updated. He goes, you wouldn't believe it, but things are moving. Things are really cooking. He goes, the Lord told me I'm going to be the next African, first American, African-American senator from the state of he said, I was in this community meeting uh, with people I didn't know. And he said, I had to sit 
across the table from a guy who was a billionaire. And the billionaire looked at me and he said, something about you. I don't know you, I've never met you, but something about you. Uh, have you ever thought about running for political office? Yeah, like dozens sometimes. Like, he, and so he says, what do you believe? Right? Do you believe in this? Do you believe in that? Ooh, okay. You, how about this? What about that? Right? So, so he says to me, he says, the billionaire says, do you, do you know what it's going to take to run for Senate? You know, for Virginia? Oh, he says, well, I've done my homework. I think it's going to take about $50 million. The billionaire says, no, no, no. It's not going to take 50. It's going to take 150 million to win that Senate race. So my friend Brian, he's a pastor, says, oh, okay, all right. Um, the billionaire gets up from the table and he reaches across. He says, I want to shake your hand because uh, I'm, I'm behind you 100%. I think that you're God's person for the round. And he says, uh, when you need the $150 million, just call me. What I'm saying is that during this whole shutdown, quote, shutdown, God was not shut down. God said, hey, I, I need someone to come over here and do this. I need someone to come over there and do that. I just need a willing vessel. I need someone who will hear my voice when I speak. Hear my voice and obey my voice. Hallelujah. I mean, I believe that there's some God assignments for you. Amen. See, what you're doing right now is not what you're going to be doing. I don't know if that's good news or bad news. I, I have studied revival after revival after revival. Guess what happens? People start doing things that they never did before. So when you start asking for revival, we'll get ready to be busy. Because when people get saved over here in this county, guess what? Pastor, he, he, he's not going to have all the time to... Guess what? He's going to, okay, uh, brother, can I, can I send you over? And you help mentor them. You help, you help teach them the, the, the Word of God, okay? And, and get them started. It's like the Argentina Revival. Sometimes pastors were pastoring like 35 churches. They said, well, how do you pastor 35 churches? I, I never expected to. But when the revival breaks out and all of a sudden you've got a cluster over here and a cluster over there and a cluster and people start calling and say, we need someone to teach us the word of God. We need someone who will teach us how to pray. We need someone who teaches just the basics of Christianity. And, and then he says, you just, I just started assigning people and running and going and doing this and doing that. And all of a sudden you got 35 churches. You know, I tell you what, I have spent a lot of time in North Carolina. I have a heart for this area. God told me years ago, I'm going to send you not to the big cities, I'm going to send you to the country. Because the country needs the move of God. They need just as much a move of God as the big cities. How many of y'all? And I tell you what, I have, I have driven these roads of high speed, East County, and and I have looked at the cotton fields. To me, the fields are white. They're white under harvest. And I have cried out. 
I have cried out to God, God, I want to revive. I want to see Grover, North Carolina, changed, transformed by the power of God. I want to see these towns, come on now, these places, right? What, what, what would it take, right? Never thought about that? What would it take for, for a mighty move of God? What would that look like? <laughs> yeah, wonderful, wouldn't it? See, but we have to give birth to that. Nothing ever happens unless you give birth to it. Unless you begin to see it in the realm of the spirit. You begin to see it with your spiritual eyes. And you begin to prophesy and de declare. And so everywhere I've gone to this place, I say, every place in which my foot shall tread, God, you've given it. God, you've given it. God, you've given it to us. All right? During this whole COVID thing, the Lord says, tell the church to keep exercising dominion over COVID until it's all gone. Why? Because we are the spiritual legislative body in the earth. We're to enforce heaven on the earth. We're to enforce heaven's rules in the earth. We're to enforce the kingdom and make everything under this in this jurisdiction. Come on now. Come into subjection. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm expecting a move of God. I'm expecting a revival to take place. Hallelujah. See, we we got to get ready because God's going to use us. Right? And in the Welsh revival, there are people that didn't even, they weren't even, they couldn't even sing. And they were called to lead worship and play the piano. And supernaturally, they had a voice, and it was a pretty voice. And they, they started playing the piano there. We've never had lessons before, but we just know how to play the piano and lead worship. How, how does that happen? Supernatural. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. One guy who never prayed for the sick before, guess what? He was called to pray for a, a, a person who was blind. He goes, I've never prayed, even prayed for somebody who was blind. I never prayed for someone who was sick. Well, he's got a strong son. He prayed for that blind person. And the guy said, I can see, I can see. So he went on to pray for 450 more blind people. And they all saw. Hallelujah. Because he got into his purpose and all of a sudden, hit the gifts, the grace and the gifts begin to flow. Are we waiting out of time tonight? Because what's coming? Is going to be so ginormous, so El Bingo, so El Gado, Thank you, that we can't even wrap our brain around. Nations being shaken, cities being shaken, bodies being healed. All these men that have come back from war with missing limbs, limbs growing out. P.S. What is it? P.S. PTSD. PTSD. Excuse me. PTSD. Right. All of a sudden, their minds coming back, being restored, whole. Come on. We're talking. We're talking about. We're talking about masses, masses of, of people being healed. I mean, in the forties, the healing group. They said, if you could just get the atmosphere, people were healed of everything. And guess what? That was just a taste. Of what's to come. Hallelujah.
God delivered me from cancer. I had a tumor that was the size of a basketball. Cancer in my body was given two weeks to live, and given ten days to live, and three days to live, and then ten hours. My organs shut down. Doctors said there's no way. Nothing a miracle sounds to me. Am I saved by God? But a few days later, I woke up in the morning and sat up in bed, and guess what? All the cancer was gone. God can raise me up on the deathbed. God can raise you up. God can do anything in your body, anything in your mind, anything in your life. He is the God of the impossible. Hallelujah. He is the God of the impossible. So, whatever you need tonight, guess what? It's a new season. You need to forget the past because it's been ruined. We're stepping into a bright new future. We're stepping into a healing anointing. We're stepping into a healing move. That's just going to blow your blow your socks off. I'm reminded that scripture that says, I'm going to do a, a thing in your days that you will hardly believe. Even if we're told to. Even if you see it with your own eyes. I'm going to do a work in your midst that's going to be so glorious. How many of y'all want to see those days? How many want to be a part of the plan? Be a part of the purpose? Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands. You're serious tonight? Lift up your hands. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just start worshiping wherever you are. Just start, just start saying, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I love you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I, Jesus, I want more of you, Jesus. Oh, pour out, pour out your spirit, Lord. Pour out your glory, Lord. We, we want more. We want to see more, Lord. We want to do more. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah, just church, just go ahead and say, just shout, just call on the name of Jesus. Just call on his name tonight. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, yes, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Lord, help us. Help us tonight. Help us tonight. Help us to step into the place that you have for us individually and then corporately. Help us to step into the place, into the place where there's the grace and where there's the gifts. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us get there. Help us. Help us get there, Lord. Oh, Lord, we want more of you. We want more of you, Lord God. We're not satisfied. We're not content where we are, but we want more of you. So just pour out your heart tonight. Say, Jesus, Jesus, we need more of you. Jesus, we want more. Lord, we want more. We want to know you better, Lord. We want to spend time with you more, Lord. Lord, we want to see a fresh move of God in this area, uh, in, in, in this part of North Carolina, Lord God. In, in the United States, we want to see a fresh move of the Spirit, a demonstration of the Spirit, a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, power like we've never seen before, power, power to, to restore, power to, to cause legs that have been severed, legs to grow out, new bodies, creative miracles, Lord God, things that, that, that even, even would baffle doctors, things would baffle people, that people would say, that's amazing. That's amazing. That is, it is so amazing. How did that happen? 
Because, Lord, you're, you're wanting to stretch out your hands. Stretch out your hands to heal. That mighty signs and wonders. Signs and wonders would be done in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for signs and wonders. People standing back in amazement saying, my God, my God, that was amazing. Oh, my gosh, I've never seen that before. Oh, Father, we just thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for the move, the move of your spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, if you're here tonight and you just you just have heard this message and you say, you know what? I want to, this is a new season and I believe it. And I am not sure of what I'm supposed to do. If that's you, I want you to stand up real quickly. You're saying, you know what? I want to be in the right place at the right time. I'm just not sure what I'm supposed to do, but I want God to show me. I want God to put me in the right place so that I'm doing the right thing. If that's you, stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet tonight. Say, you know what? I want to be in the right place. I don't want to miss this season. I don't want to miss this moment. Hallelujah. And maybe you're here tonight and you've had sickness. The Lord just said to me, he said, somebody here tonight, you you convinced yourself that you already missed it anyway. So therefore, God wouldn't heal you. In other words, you feel like you've already missed whatever God had for you. You already missed the plan that he had. So therefore, you convinced yourself that, you know what? So if you're here tonight. 
assignments, things that you haven't even thought about before. God said, I'm going to show you in the days ahead. And you're going to know my voice. You're going to know my plan. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, just thank you for Sister Ray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For the Lord says, for I'm doing
great things. Does great things. He is the greater one. He is the greater one. And he has great things ahead for me. And I look forward with expectation to see what he's going to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, big shout out tonight. Hallelujah.